Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of prepared.com. And Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and master of ceremonies of elegantmusic.com. Hello, everyone. This episode is part of Planning a Wedding, Where to Start. The title is How to Talk with a Wedding Vendor, Part 2. Couples go online and get information about services they need for their wedding. Lots of information. In this discussion, Toby covers the importance of the couple making a personal connection with the prospective vendor. We also talked about the vendor's responsibility to make options and aspects of their service easily understood so that couples can make informed decisions. In this regard, we briefly touched on the subjects of music and flowers and how an unforeseeable situation about flowers had been handled at a wedding. And now please enjoy How to Talk with a Wedding Vendor, Part 2. So anyway, uh, quickly, how did it go this past week and at the, is it a salon, Christoph's or someplace? Yeah, it's right there on Beverly Drive. Yeah. And uh, very, very glamorous, very um, um, runway um, Mm model-ish, chic type of a thing. Uh, Sheila and I did play some flute and piano live at the beginning. Yeah. And um, I did some emceeing and... uh, very it, good. And made a, some wonderful connections with some people. Just some very creative really? people. Yes. Good. Yes. Very nice people. Well, I, I would have loved to have gone. <laughs> but I can only stretch myself so far. <laughs> I just had to work. <laughs> that's fine. No, no, that's good. I, uh, we'll, I guess the, the next ABC meeting is coming up. Uh, L.A. or... And and you know more about this than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm involved with um, the Thousand Oaks Westlake one. Okay. And um, I will try my best to do the L.A. as well. Between WIPA, Southern California, ILEA... And two chapters of ABC. <laughs> I am uh, full, and then on top of all the other events that go on, isn't it amazing wow. how many events are there in the industry? If you want to see them uh-huh. and be a part of them, uh-huh. I, I, it's amazing, truly. Well, I, th- there's acronyms that you mentioned there that I've. I've not known or uh, WIPA. Oh, Ilea is the new name for ISIS. Uh huh. It used to be known as the International Special Events Society, but because of politics, they had to change it. Right. And so now it's the International Live Event Association. Yeah, you you want you want uh, event professionals coming there, not FBI agents or uh, right. you know, the CIA or something. <laughs> well, all right. That's so funny, but so true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mistaken identity is, um, you know, mistaken identity. Well. Okay. Something that I was struck with in our last conversation, you know, we're, we're talking about 
how to talk with vendors. And I guess initially I had this idea that I would, uh, we would help brides with questions that they should ask their vendors and this type of thing. Um, and, and then at, during your talk, though, you did come out with, uh, from the viewpoint of the vendor even, what questions the, the vendor should be asking the client. Oh, right. And I think I ended by asking you that. Yes, and and I'm not ready necessarily to talk about um, music, although I, I can. How, here's what's what's interesting about this is that photography is its own subject. It's 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 a very uh, unique, specialized subject, and so the the client wouldn't know to ask some of the or to discuss some of the section some of the subjects that you were mentioning that they should be uh, privy to or that they would that would influence their decisions mm-hmm. you know and on on their photographer so it, it, I could see it just by extrapolating this that each vendor that's necessary for a wedding or a party would have certain, technical uh, aspects of that service, you know, how would they evaluate all that? And I'm thinking that there must be a way that to bring a, I mean, it is, okay, it is a learning process for the client to know something about the service that they're, that they're going to hire uh, so that they can make an informed decision. But not knowing what they don't know, <laughs> how do they know what questions to ask and, and, and this type of thing. And I guess, I guess it does come down to the guidance that the, the vendor would have to take responsibility for. In other words, to help guide the, the client to, uh, and, and educating the client uh, as to what's available and what the options might be. And I think the more informed the, the, the buyer, the, the easier it is for them to make a decision. I agree with you. Fortunately, today online, there are lots of sites, uh, whether you're talking about major sites like The Knot or Wedding Wire or many others, that will give couples questions to ask uh, the vendors or venues and they'll single out individual services within each of those categories. Mm-hmm. However, there are even though there are a lot of linear, I like to call them questions, mm-hmm. when a couple talks to a particular service, what a difference that makes because yes it's important to know what someone's minimum is what their uh, hours are of interviewing people and what their terms and conditions are for their contracts and when they need a deposit and final payment and what a particular package might include whether we're talking uh, about hair and makeup Mm-hmm. or photography or video there there are some similarities like we have mentioned before 
for all services. Mm -hmm. But it really isn't until you sit down and talk with that individual service, do they realize, meaning the couple will realize, that there's more to it. Yeah. I have to share a quick story with you. Many years ago, I had a very sharp couple come to visit with me. And you know how you can tell when someone comes into your office and they're just organized. They've Hmm. got their notebook and and in today's world, they'll have their iPad out or (laughs) their laptop or whatever. But you know they have planned what they're about to say to you. Uh And oftentimes they'll come together. Well, this couple was the same and we're going to call them Mary and Mark. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that Mark uh, worked for an investment company and Mary worked as an educator mm-hmm. and they sat down and they asked me at least 30 questions. Everything from what do I wear on the event day? to how long do meetings usually take? Who sets them up? (laughs) Even though a lot of this information, to some degree, was already given to them, they had a form, literally, that they had made together and they were going to fill it in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So either I could say, oh, well, that material, that answer was in my email, or I would politely just answer the questions. So I answered all the questions. Okay. And many of them were the same questions that I would have brought up. So these two individuals were highly skilled Hmm. and used to interviewing people. So I felt that Mark was drawing from his experience when he goes to interview with people that might want to invest. They spend a lot of time finding out about someone's lifestyle, Mm -hmm. how they spend their time, and they were asking me the same questions. Hmm. Like, how much time do you spend on the phone with your clients on a weekly basis? Do you check back weekly? monthly, if we're going to be working together for 18 months, I was floored, absolutely floored at the detail Mm -hmm. and the focus. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we were having a good time. You know, they were nice and we were laughing and, you know, joking around as well. But their last question was a doozy. Mm -hmm. And the question was, Toby, We want to get a sense of how you picture yourself and position yourself in in the wedding world. So tell us, who do you think among your friendly competitors are you most aligned with and that you would think you are closest to in experience, style, and blah, 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 blah. Whoa. Yeah. I had never been asked that question before. And I smiled 
to give myself a little time to think <laughs> and and compliment them for a a very thorough interview mm-hmm. and ending with a a very uh, unusual and an important question, frankly. Mm-hmm. So I told them the the person that I felt that I was closest to. And that even though I had been in business a bit longer and probably have done more events proportionately, Mm -hmm. however, I felt at our stages, certain details didn't really translate to a meaningful end. But what they were really asking me is who I would feel comfortable taking my place uh-huh. if something happened to me. Uh-huh. And they both smiled because I think they recognized that anything can happen and they didn't want to ask that question. But okay. I found yeah. a way to respond to it without them feeling like they had to ask me. Yes. Oh, wow. Because frankly, there's no two people alike. And that's what I said as well. You know, that's why people select me instead of someone else. And sometimes they select somebody else instead of me. I I think that that people should select people for who they are. Exactly. And that's really what I'm saying here. All of the questions that are that are given to couples to ask mm-hmm. are important and necessary in in making their decisions. But ultimately, if you're talking to professionals, it's not until you make that personal connection, even with using prepared. Mm-hmm. Prepared will be a funnel. It, it will sift. It will give you the best chance in in our hemisphere <laughs> that we know of, mm-hmm. according to our algorithms. But it isn't until you sit down with that person and really get a chance to talk to them. Does the chemistry come alive? Mm-hmm. And that person connects in a way that they'll be able to sense. And I think that is the bottom line. Sense what is important, what is needed, and what will make them happy, Mm -hmm. ultimately. So I think that's why when we last spoke, I mentioned, you know, what are some of those unique questions that you asked to draw you know, who, their real selves out so they don't feel they're on a hunting expedition for the, uh, I dare say, the best uh, kill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I would hope that you would not be matched by those kind of people anyway, because your nature is not such that you're a bottom liner and you know, let's get the job and get it done in 20 minutes because I have other things to do. That's not your nature. 
but the point is, is you, as a professional, want to take the time necessary to make sure that they're good for you and vice versa. Yeah, the I've heard this use this terminology used uh, around a good fit. Mm-hmm. And that there are, I guess, uh, certain uh, vendors in their presentation are better for certain clients. And, and I totally mm-hmm. understand that. Um, being a commercial actor, uh, I am uh, constantly being uh, compared with the product and with myself and then with other people. And then is this person going to uh, represent the product in a correct way? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I get that. You know, uh, I wish more people would get that in that, uh, you know, you are hiring an artist, you know, Mm -hmm. and so there are, uh, again, you have to, I think you have to look past the physical and, and get into the person, you know, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, quite, quite separate from all that. So coming back to our subject about how to talk to a vendor, uh, that, Yes, you, you, you want to feel comfortable with that person, I guess, you know, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the vendor, there's a response. See, something that I, I'm going to bring up here in my introduction to this talk is that, you know, you have to find out about the client. The client has to find out about you. And that can only occur by, you know, talking back and forth. And that uh, the the sheer technical nature or the experience, let's say the, the, the learning curve and the experience of, of, a, of a couple isn't necessarily that they do this every, every weekend. And so mm-hmm. I think that the vendor has to be a little bit sympathetic to the needs of the client and anticipate the needs of the client, even though the client might not have an idea at all about mm-hmm. what might be needed in this, in this situation. And then uh, present it in such a way so that it isn't a... Um, it isn't technical, and that is something that's rather uh, easy to understand. So, so yeah, and, and I, so I, I think that there should be a balance between, okay, you're learning the, the nuts and bolts about the, the, uh, the subject or the, the thing that you're going to buy, the service that you're going to engage, and that you also have to look at the individual, the person, and say, okay, well, we'll ha- can this person deliver and do I feel comfortable about working with this person? Is this person a good fit? Yeah. Is his service a good fit? Um, when you get a couple, and I assume it, it does happen fairly often, that have certain tastes in music and it can translate fairly well, most likely, into the reception. However, I always found in asking brides what kind of music they were thinking of for their ceremony, mm-hmm. that wasn't always easy. Uh-huh. You know, to kind of blend everything. Do you have a a way of doing that, asking them certain questions to kind of draw them out a little bit? Yes. Uh, one, one question, I, I just met with a couple um, the other day, and they uh, and I asked them about their the bride's procession. In fact, I kind of mm-hmm. do that one first. You know, there, there are many, mm-hmm. there are several processions in a wedding ceremony, but yeah. let's just look at the bride for a second. 
Um, and I asked her, w w would you like something that is kind of like romantic and flowy, you know, something that is uh, whimsical mm -hmm. and um, or would you like something that's more stately and ta-da? Would, mm -hmm. would you like to come in as a... Um, a flourish. A flourish, yes, <laughs> with, with, a, with a fanfare and, and things. Yeah. And... And that always gets them to think that, that I, I see them then go into themselves and go, well, yeah, what about that? Or they might come up with a with an answer right there. Well, definitely a romantic and flowy, they might say. And then I, then I know how to um, present music to them. Uh, just something, though, about the subject of music. And, and I, I really didn't want to talk about music today, but but this is this is this is getting me going. Um, that we could, it's a very big subject, music. And it, it, you can talk about music and styles of music and uh, till the cows come home, you could make a whole list of all your favorite music. And, and, um, and really for, um, in a wedding though, you've got like a six hour block of time that you're going to have various activities um, and that they each can have their own music. They could each have their own atmosphere. And so I think helping to guide the, the bride and the groom or the, mm -hmm. the party client uh, into looking at each part separately and rather than the whole thing and limiting our discussion to, okay, let's, let's talk about the cocktail hour and what's going to happen during the cocktail hour, or let's talk about the ceremony itself. Um, and that, uh, and then right on down to the bride and the bride walking in with her father, let's just say, you know, uh, have you thought of a song that, that, that you like there? And then the romantic and flowy question goes in there. And then playing them live examples, we, we invite them over to our, our uh, office and our, our home. And we have the piano right there and we can play for them and, and work things out and also uh, uh, play recordings and things like that. Um, but I think that that starts to uh, limit or got, let's say guide, let's say, well, we have these four choices. Uh, in other words, we have to choose music for the, uh, the groom and the groomsmen coming in. We have to choose a separate piece for the bridesmaids uh, coming in. And then uh, we have a separate piece for the bride and her father. And that's a separate piece. And then uh, maybe during the body of the ceremony, there might be an opportunity for... Oh, uh, flowers to mothers or a, um, a candle lighting or some kind of a, uh, observance that might occur during the ceremony, the body of the ceremony itself. And then the recessional. So that's four or five pieces of music. So we don't have to talk about mm -hmm. the entire history of music <laughs> to come up with <laughs> four, uh, four songs, you know. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then that kind of focuses the bride on, on the couple on that section and we handle that section, the wedding ceremony. And now once that's out of the way, then we can talk about the, the, the itinerary for the rest of the event mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then fitting in. Well, what would that first dance be? You know, and what would the grand entrance consist of and, and this type of thing? Uh, and so, it, again, you know, I, I mentioned that a, a vendor should guide the client through a technical area or through making a subject that they're not versed in a little more understandable for them. Well, frankly, what you've talked about is very similar to what a florist would do. Yes. 
<laughs> talk about that. Go, just talk about that. I know. I wanted to use your framework to show our listeners that most really professional services do just that. They come, whether the couple comes to them or vice versa. The point is, is they want to get to know them as individuals mm-hmm. and they'll want to find out a little bit about their likes and dislikes, their tastes. And let's say it's a florist. They'll ask them, do you have a preference as far as in color, in style? And many times the brides can show pictures from Pinterest or other means, Instagram, However, it is remarkable how often a couple will say or a bride will say, you know, I like this color, but I want it this way. Or I like the look of this arch, but I want more white or I want it to be bigger. There's always something that usually needs to be accommodated, just like in music whether it's the pacing, the amount of songs, the choice of flowers, maybe a little bit more tailored or, or open. And the couple comes oftentimes saying, look, all we know is we want it to be romantic, you know? And they may ask you, well, you pick a song that <laughs> you think we would like. Uh-huh. After talking with them, as a a floral designer will be asked, well, what what flowers do you think will go best in that location mm-hmm. at this time of year, and with the budget that we have, mm-hmm. that's always a consideration. Just like a couple would say, well, in our budget, do we have enough for a a quartet or should we try and do this with a trio? Mm -hmm. I think most services talk about the same things. The details may be different, but they're trying to find out what is really important to the couple. Mm. Now in reverse, when it comes to a florist, a couple should be thinking, will this florist personally be there on the event day? Uh As they would ask you that as well, Mm -hmm. if you were going to be available or would you have an associate? Mm -hmm. Will that florist be working with local growers or do they import flowers? Is that important? How far in advance do mm. they have to make these decisions which will impact where the flowers come from? Mm-hmm. If they want tulips, not in springtime, but in another time of year where some varieties are not as available, right. then 
is it worth it to them money-wise because of the color or the shape? Or will is there a substitute that they can have that will be close enough that mm-hmm. will be a better fit for their budget? They'll want to know if the designer will deliver all the personals to the room where they're getting ready so that they can see them before they actually use them for photography or for the ceremony. Because once in a while, there's some little small change that has to be done and it's better to see it before. Mm-hmm. Case in point, you know there's a story coming. <laughs> May I be permitted to do that? <laughs> I, I would be disappointed if you didn't. You know, so I, you know, I live for these things. So, so okay. Please, please. So many years ago, I'm at the Ritz Carlton, which was which, the former which name. Which one? Yeah, it was the former name. Now it's the Langham in Pasadena. Yeah. But years ago, it was called the Ritz-Carlton. Uh-huh. And I had a gorgeous bride. Beautiful inside and out. Just one of the sweetest people on the face of the earth. Hmm. And her mother, they were like sisters. I, they were just a joy to work with. They were very specific. They had definite taste. They knew what they wanted. So, you know, they're, they're, you had to toe the line in some ways. But th- they were just wonderful. Okay. Fast forward to the wedding day. The bride wanted very, very pale pink gorgeous flowers that kind of opened up a little bit more during the day. Peonies are are famous for being this kind of tight ball. And as the day goes on, they open up and they reveal their inner leaves. I mean, uh, uh, well, I guess not leaves, but their petals. Uh-huh. And so they get fluffy, more fluffy as the day goes on. So they wanted to see each other, uh, the bride and groom, before the ceremony. So as they started taking pictures, the flowers are fairly tight. But by the end, they were larger and you could see some of the inner petals. Hmm. Guess what? The inner petals had streaks of dark pink and the bride couldn't handle that (laughs) god bless her she was so sweet and understanding about everything else in this entire wedding except those dark pink streaks so she called me over and with her big blue eyes she looks up at me and she says toby i hope you don't think i'm crazy she says but i really don't like dark pink is there any way that you could take this bouquet back to the florist and see if she could do something. Well, I said, of course. I went around the side of the building and hid. 
I took out my little trusty tiny scissors that come on my Swiss Army knife. And I told her before, I did, I told her before, please understand that whatever the florist does, it may take a good 10, 15 minutes to go through all these blossoms to see if we can see any more dark pink streaks. Because frankly, not all the flowers were beginning to open. So you got to be careful or else you'll ruin the darn blossom. Right. So I did not want to disturb the florist. I could not go to them. I felt and say, by the way, would you sit down and go through 22 or whatever, however many blossoms were in, in that this. bouquet? Yes. Right. And take out all the dark streaks. They would have thought I was absolutely nutcase. And so I sat down around the corner in the shade. And for 15 minutes, I looked through every single blossom, cut every single dark pink streak that I could see. Out of, and the, then re- and yes, the, out of the bouquet and then returned it to this bride who was thoroughly grateful and was a gem the the rest of the evening i couldn't have asked for a nicer person so botanical is, surgery that's this yes is what this is. i did i i did do surgery and it worked but really the reason i'm sharing this is that sometimes there is no way that you can perceive ahead of time how someone is going to react to an artistic composition, whether it is musical or whether it is visual. Wow. Because they haven't heard it before Mm -hmm. performed. They haven't seen it created before. Mm -hmm. And even if we had done that bouquet as a sample, she wouldn't have been out in the sun for two hours with it to and see it seen open. before, yeah, yeah to yeah. let the flowers open up a little, right? To reveal that, and she wouldn't have thought ahead of time to ask us for any dark streaks. My God, yeah, you know. So it's w- those kinds of things that are important to find out. Not so much those details, but to be able to read as best you can. Is this person going to be so focused in on certain details that you need to consider having extra help or taking longer time in preparation, whatever it takes, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're a musician or a floral designer or a coordinator or a photographer knowing that's why it's so important to work with the right people that are matched with them both in style and personality and temperament I can't. <laughs> temperament is a biggie <laughs> because I've worked with some of the most talented people and Sometimes they have a wonderful temperament Mm -hmm. and sometimes they don't. The product is always wonderful, 
The service is, you know, is is very professional, but the temperament might not be totally in sync. Right. <laughs> wow. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. each each are each are important. They're, it's all important. Yeah. It's. It, I it, could not have gone back to that florist personally, and right. asked them to do it. Right. Their temperament would not have. And they, they were probably setting up the they were setting up the dining room at the time and of they, course they, they were they had stuff yeah. that they were doing they had tons of stuff tons and it's not that they wouldn't have done it but to stop them it was unfair yes you know for me to ask them to do that it, it just was right so there you go so you got out your Swiss Army knife and <laughs> I did the little scissors the sharp little scissors they're that great. go with they're, it yeah they're great yeah. <laughs> Well, Toby, I I understand that you have another appointment and you should be be rolling yeah, along here. Yeah, I should be. So this uh, this again, you know, this is this subject that we're in the middle of here. Um, how to talk with a wedding vendor, and what questions to ask initially, uh, and that we had started with photography, and that we talked a little bit about music, but then, uh, but yes. Uh, having having the nuts and bolts of photography to compare other vendor questions to um, you could see that this is a big subject uh, a bride and groom to digest all this and understand it all and and some clients need to be fully in the loop about everything and other people just will look at you and just say here make make it beautiful make it right and so i I do understand that yeah, and I, I think it's important to also mention before we end today that if a bride and groom or couple say to a uh, service, um, we just want something beautiful or we just like, you know, this kind of feel in the photography or the flowers or the music, it's not necessarily an indication that they don't care. It's not necessarily an indication that they're uninformed. Hmm. What it is, I think, overwhelmingly, is that they trust Mm -hmm. the person that they're working with. And if that service just goes the extra mile to then give them a couple of options, Because once in a while, when you have a couple that really is in sync with the service, you still want to make sure that they've thought things through. So to give them a couple of options Mm -hmm. or some choices to make in each of the categories that some a particular services providing I think is a good idea oh yeah just to make sure that everybody has thought through everything you have been listening to wedding and event podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman if you have a question comment or topic suggestion please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email Eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E R I C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email 
Toby at prepared.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at P-R-E-P-A-I-R-E-D dot com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.